Hello, you're listening to the abridged version of Book Shambles. If you'd like to hear the full-length version of Book Shambles and also get loads of other extra treats and bits and pieces, then why not go to patreon.com slash bookshambles. Anyway, here's the abridged version with loads of really interesting things that were cut out. I mean, there's lots of interesting things you're still going to hear, but some of the things you're missing out on. Hello and welcome to Book Shambles. Producer Trent here. Thanks to our Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash bookshambles. That's where you can go to subscribe to Patreon and get yourself uh, access to tips for existence and a new series about uh, a new book series um, that we're doing called Books You May Not Know, uh, which is basically Robin digging through his attic of chaos and finding some obscure titles you probably haven't heard of and having a chat to people about those. And also, your Patreon support means we can keep making book shambles and science shambles and all the other stuff we do at the Cosmic Shambles Network. Couple of other announcements. Couple of other announcements, as you may have seen on social media. Josie is expecting her second child. So there might be a few episodes towards the end of this year where Robin is joined by a guest co-host or two, as Josie will be off on maternity leave, which also means, unfortunately... For us, not unfortunately for her, obviously. Josie won't be at Nine Lessons and Carols for Curious People this year, which we have just announced is going to be back live on stage this year. We cannot wait. Four nights at King's Place plus a family matinee uh, at King's Place in London. Uh, Apologies, we're not uh, doing the show outside of London this year. Uh, You know, there's been extenuating circumstances with live shows in the past couple of years but we hope to be back on the road in December 2022 but December 10, 11, 17 and 18 Robin hosting every night we're supporting two charities this year Kovax and Maytree tickets are on sale now and the listings for the guests we've announced so far lots more to come as well cosmicshambles.com slash nine lessons Huge lineup of guests as always. Jocelyn Belburn, Nell, Mark Watson, Helen Chersky, Chris Jackson, Chris Lintot, David Lindo, Pragya Agrawal, and today's guest, Izzy Sooty. Izzy's first novel is Jane is Trying. It's out now. And now here is Robin and Josie and Izzy. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Technical Nightmare, uh, Josie and Robin's book shambles. We've been, uh, one day we'll all be buried with all of the wires that we used in the last 40 years of our life, which is kind of terrifying. So I, I imagine, I think rather than coffins, we should all be kind of tied up with all of those things and then just lowered into the grave with all the different kind of the headphone things and the USBs and stuff like that. And I yes. think that will make a beautiful mummification of our technology. Uh, this, by the way, is Izzy Sooty, who has written uh, a, a, a... What a coincidence, I've got her book here as well. How could that have happened? Jane is Trying, which is a brilliant uh, novel, and it's her first novel. Uh, she has written a volume of autobiography before. We're going to be talking about that quite a lot. Have, have you ever read any stories by William Trevor, by the way? No. No. He's another one that I just... I was walking past near where I live. Someone set up a little kind of library, like, you know, a couple of shelves and a stick some money in here, which I love because first time I saw those, I think in Vancouver on almost every street corner in the suburbs, someone set up a little Lend library. And and it's just called Last Stories and it's William Trevor's uh, The Last Few Short Stories. And again, like your book, Izzy, in a different way, but the ease in which you are just drawn 
into a world and like the first story he writes is about a piano teacher who's got this amazing young man who comes in and he's just brilliant at playing the piano but the only downside is every time that he leaves she finds something has been stolen (sighs) and it's told with such again gentleness and no necessary twist in the tale just a, a bit like the Robert Aikman kind of ghost stories and things like that. Just that bit where you're going, oh, yeah, the world is uncertain. And we yeah. don't know. So good. That sounds great. I, want, I feel like they, he must have had an experience with a piano teacher like that. Or, I mean, maybe I'm just of limited imagination compared to some writers, but I'd love to know if he went piano lessons and when he was younger, maybe, and there was someone like that or how he came to think of that story because it's so specific isn't it mm. I well love I think it, like it might even just be looking at a yeah. piano going into someone's house and you see on the piano a little decorative box or something and you imagine what if one of the kids played it beautifully and yeah. then just uh, when the piano teacher looked back went where's the decorative because that's one of the things is that she's never able to understand his moments of sleight of hand but because he plays so beautifully ultimately the cost is worth it Yes, of course, it has to be. If he didn't play very well, she'd just... <laughs> yeah, if it was just bad, da, 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 da. put the <laughs> ornamental music box back. Oh, bloody hell. Da, da, dum, da, da. Um, the, uh, I think we can get chopsticks through music clearance. We'll check with our producer Trent later on. Um, anyway, let's talk about your book, Jane is Trying. Um, because as I was saying before Josie joined us as well, this is uh, what I love about the book is I cannot help but see you as Jane throughout it. So you are in the movie in my head. As uh, Did you, when you wrote it, did you have any sense that, oh, well, I kind of, I imagine that the people reading it will, will I be the main well, actor in this? It, to an extent, I feel like I got so kind of far into her head that I forgot anyone was going to read it at points. It was like all the characters were alive or something. Um, but yes, and when it, there was one night when I was doing the rewrites, I stayed up till like, I went on to Edinburgh time. So I was up till like three or four every morning at this Airbnb up the road because my family understandably were like, I think you just need to go and do this um, for a few days. And um, I, at one night, I ended up getting really excited and writing down all the people I'd want to play, all the parts in it, if it ever got made into a film or a TV show. And um, for Jane, I put Sheridan Smith or Billy Piper. Uh, But then a bit of me thought, that if they said you can do it, then maybe I'd do it. But I was also, I was saying to myself, well, actually, if they said you're not a big enough name, I'd be very happy to hand it over. And I had that, so that <laughs> took like two hours to do all this casting. I was like, I really just need to do the rewrites now. Like, this it's, is- like, it's like when you're a teenager and you're like in a band and instead of doing rehearsal, you're like, okay, but let's talk about our album cover for our second album. That is exactly what I was going to say. Like when I was in bands, I used to design the inlay on yes. the cassette tapes and by hand and you'd fight over the, the name of the band and stuff, wouldn't you? And yeah, you hadn't written any songs yet. So yeah, it was it's like when you're going on tour. And you go, right, they're going to be coming in for half an hour. What do I... So that polyphonic spree song is a really good one to listen to. I really must get around to writing the two hours of show that they're going to be watching, but I have to work out the walk-in music. And the order of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's inhabiting the world fully, isn't it? It's every piece of thought that you do that adds a richness to what you're making. 
because you're really yeah. you know you're not just being like I don't care I'll bash it out you know you're loving it and and honoring it and also Robin I'm sure you said this once about writing Adam shows that procrastination didn't you tweet this maybe years ago that procrastination is actually very much part of mm-hmm. of the writing process and actually you can't I do admire those writers who who kind of write from nine till six or whatever, but I... Who are they and how are dare they? they? <laughs> well, it used to be Nick Cave, didn't it? But he doesn't do that anymore as far as I know. Nick Cave used to put his suit on and go into his office and wow. have very specific writing times. He would have a, a normal working day. And uh, that's the end of me writing this song about a terrible murder. And then he would walk back out and go and have, uh, you know, sausage roll. Problem is, he's getting too heavily involved in making uh, easily debunked culture war arguments in public these days. So he hasn't got time to go and do it on this day's work anymore. I'm deliberately not following that, just so I can continue <laughs> to enjoy. But uh, yeah, it's a there's a, a there's a danger age, isn't there? Where you sort of go, oh, let me just check when my uh, my favourite singer's birthday is. Oh my God, they're 55 today. <laughs> Quick, don't look at their Twitter account. Every day. <laughs> That's why when people are sound through it all, it's such a beautiful gift to be like worshipped, not worshipped, honoured. What know. age do you think you need to get to to be safe in the eyes of like all your fans? Do you think maybe like 80, 85? Do you think yes. people can still change? No, but then that? the fans have got to the age where they've become. Oh. And you go, and they're going, I'll tell you what really annoys me about this 85-year-old singer is just such old-fashioned ideas of inclusion and stuff. Oh. So, cause they've, so, so that's part of the... Uh, yeah, it's such an... I was watching some Patti Smith today because... If you're going to procrastinate, procrastinate by watching Patty Smith. Sure. And she, first of all, there's a it's a great little clip. Someone just, I think it was her first live gig back, and someone recorded her uh, reading some Baudelaire and then doing Pissing in the River, and it's just beautiful. And then I watched her, which I, I watched on quite a regular basis, her doing Hard Rain's Gonna Fall uh, for the Nobel Academy when she goes to take to receive Bob Dylan's Nobel uh, Prize. Oh, yes, yes. That's amazing, isn't it? I just... And I think she stayed utterly intact as far as everyone I know who's ever worked with her, who's ever... Like, one friend of mine who had to give her a lift back from Wales to London just goes... just brilliant. She's just really interested in stuff. And she's just very, very... in the best sense of the word, cool. Not aloof just like yeah really and whenever i've seen her live i do just go um yeah you so he's hoping isn't it remaining interesting that uh, remaining interested that's Mm. the key yeah i think still being excited by things and not getting into a mindset of like well i know everything and i'm annoyed yeah yeah um, I want to talk more about your book and the writing process. I loved it. I thought it was, it's so funny. It's so deep and it's so um, vulnerable in how it like creates the character. But also I just like loved it dramatically as well. Like I found some of the plot to be really like genuinely very exciting. Like I've mentioned this to you before, but there was a, um, there's a part where um uh, I feel like this isn't a spoiler, really. There, there, there are some her part ex partner's parents are very wealthy and controlling, and there's a part in the um, in the book where they 
sort of unexpectedly do a big power move. And I was so shocked and appalled that it felt genuinely quite horrific in it. Um, and I was just wondering, like, when you set out to write it, did you think, I want to write something that is, you know, has lots of big drama in it? Did, did you have intentions in that way? No, no, not really. Like I had the, I had a sort of one or two page treatment and then I did sort of slightly deviate from that. I knew I wanted to someone, I wanted Jane to be in a precarious position mentally um, and sort of circumstantially and to have to go back to live with her parents who I think are also quite controlling in, in a strange way, in a different way from Jonathan's parents. Um, and then I knew I wanted her to work at a bookshop knowing virtually nothing about books. And I knew that I wanted certain things to happen to her along the way, but I didn't know, no, certainly those big scenes, I think there's some quite farcical scenes in it aren't there that i was a real joy to write because i don't normally write like that and i think when you're writing stand-up you yeah you don't really you can't really put moments in like that unless perhaps you layer callback upon callback and kind of but i'm not really unfortunately can't write like that with stand-up so i felt really yeah it was really exciting to write those bits and sort of make them really silly i think i felt quite i felt quite anchored by some constants in it which were the fact that she's quite anxious the fact that she's quite anxious about her health the fact that jonathan is a bit inept but i think quite likable underneath um and um there were a few other things that kind of anchored it down and the mum in it is has some similarities to my mum um and then it kind of let me go to quite wild places mm -hmm. where i wanted to because i felt like i could it's that weird thing isn't it where sometimes you need boundaries in order to press against them really so once i'd found those uh, those central characters those were like the foundations of it yeah yeah and then you could like smash up all the bits that weren't supporting walls yeah and then also it being in her voice for me helped because you could say quite small subtle things and you could really go quite deep into a particular worry of hers perhaps or a particular moment and then you have those big farcical scenes so it felt yeah kind of like i was able to kind of then go oh this is what's happening in her world and this is what's happening in her head kind of thing mm. i think do you know what as well i really loved about it is i thought it explored a lot of things to do with politics and class without being ever judgmental and i know you as a person and i really see you as very like thoughtful and gentle and open-minded in that way but like was it something you really consciously wanted to do as well like to keep a kind of balance in it well do you remember when so uh, a while ago Robin when I when I first thought of the idea for it because it's taken me about three years to write Josie and I went away to Gladstone's library to um do writing although we ended up doing a lot of knitting and watching our laptops because <laughs> there's no tvs in the rooms <laughs> um, and um at that point it was going to be far more about a cult and mm. the people at the arch which is the house the kind of derelict hotel that jane um is very drawn to because she spent a lot of her teenage years in there and um, there's a group of people living there to to try and kind of turn it into a community center that was originally going to be a place that provided um these tailor-made experiences for very rich people and um Josie and I discussed a lot of what this could be and I actually think I would like to write about this in in some other way there's something in it but 
and then it was going to be quite a culty situation and Robbie who's the kind of leader of that group was going to be much more conniving I think and um uh, there's going to be a sinister element, element to it really and I did a lot of research in in Gladstone's library into sort of religion and and perhaps extreme religion and stuff and then and narcissists I, I feel like you read yes, a lot of books on narcissists I did I've read a lot of books about narcissistic personality disorder and and then I sometimes think you have to do this don't you you kind of do some research and you and I did do a few maybe about 10,000 words with um the bits, the main bits that have ended up in the book, the same, but then these diary extracts of Jane's that revealed that actually Jonathan had been verbally abusive towards her and stuff. And then once I'd ha written all that, I, I just knew it wasn't right for this book, mm -hmm. that that was Jane's situation and that it was enough that she had this sort of anxiety to contend with. And um, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't really, then I abandoned that idea, but in terms of class and where I come from, which is a small town in the Peak District, there's one big comp and there are a few private schools around, but really, you know, most people go to this comp. And I had friends from all different backgrounds, um, which I never thought about. Um, and it's it's because it's a small town, just everyone knew each other. And I really, yeah, that, 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 so that came naturally to write about that there are people from, very different walks of life who know each other and can be friends. But I'm yeah. glad that the politics ended up going into it because that kind of wasn't planned really. Well, I feel like at its heart, it's about, uh, it's very humane. And so you've got people with, and also there's no one in it whose politics is so bad that you're like, you know, heaving to try and like humanize someone who's like a fucking Nazi or something. It's not like that. It's like, oh, here's somebody whose view of how you should live is different to this person whose view of how you should live. And and it, it felt like you were very gentle with how you approached everyone. Like it didn't feel like you were going, and obviously this guy's a fucking brick. It was yeah. like, well. And, yeah, and I also didn't want to go, and obviously this guy's brilliant. Yeah, I exactly. wanted all of them to be flawed and to have their own reasons for doing what they do. But for some of them, that did contribute to the greater good. Yeah. I, I um, oh, hang on. Yeah, it's interesting you were saying before about like the, the anxiety of the central character being enough. Cause like that does make loads of sense. I think if you'd have then also been like, plus this guy's a big narcissist, yeah, it would yeah. have taken away the focus of, of the book and it would have sort of maybe meant that you had so much like juggling, it wouldn't have, yeah, yeah I think you're right. I think in that first draft, Jane was much more in denial of the fact that she was worrying about stuff. So mm. you hear quite a lot of her various worries, don't you, throughout it. She kind of um, talks to the reader quite a lot. And I think in that first draft, she was sort of going around going, hey, everything's great. I'm OK. And then these diaries would reveal the truth. <laughs> um, also, I think that was the draft that I sent it to my literary agent, who's always very honest. And we'd have this meeting when we we decide to sort of go for the novel and and stuff and he said don't don't now think i'm going to write a novel therefore i need to change the way i write just write it in the most natural way for you because that's all you need to do if you've got a good story um and i said no no, no i won't do that i won't i won't write like a novelist it's fine and then i went away and did exactly what he told me not to do <laughs> <laughs> sort of um 
Reader, here we stand upon a plain. Yes, exactly. It's all going, the hills shone like, I don't know, you know when it's a metaphor that comes naturally, it's really so satisfying. It feels really juicy. And then when I think it was, think when you have to really, really search for one and think, oh, I ought to, it was kind of like I was thinking, oh, I ought to put a description of the landscape there. Oh, I ought to have a metaphor here rather than just letting it happen. Um, And uh, so I gave it to him and he said, I don't think this is really you. It just doesn't feel like you and we had that phone call just before I went into um, a baby bongo drum session um, <laughs> with my daughter who must have only been about two or three so I think it's probably even taken I mean she's six now so it may have even been more than three years that I've been doing this and um, I sort of then took her in and she just screamed for the whole thing because the bongos were really loud and um, so I really remember that phone call because I was like trying to digest what he'd said and knowing inside that he was right, but also feeling a bit like, oh no, but he was absolutely right. And I'm so pleased that, oh, that's why I could never be an agent because I'd just be like, it's brilliant. Cause I just yeah. like, oh, well done. Everyone yeah. tries very hard. Exactly. But also there are really good agents and then there are others where you go and we see this in comedy and you see it in literature, you see all that, who the desperation to have an opinion. I mean, it sounds like you've got someone who because I think it's one of the hard what you've just said there's and it's true of comedy as well isn't it that bit where you go and I've realized that from years ago there's a period of time where you're playing the part of a comedian there's a yeah. period of time where you're playing the part of an author and some people are will never escape from that some people will have tremendous success doing that and so they are and then there's other and I think it really comes across in your novel as well which is that I know it's, it's one of those words which we've been told to be ashamed of you know authentic or whatever but it feels like oh yeah this is that's why it flows so easily yeah. you're just because it it uh, instantaneously having I don't know, how long have we known each other what 15 16 years probably Maybe more like yeah, yeah yeah probably more than that and and it just felt oh yeah this is this is the novel I would want it's it's, it's not that things didn't surprise me and it wasn't that, but it was like, oh, I wouldn't have known this, but this is the book that I would have wanted Izzy mm. to write. And it just works perfectly. Oh, that's really good, I think. But do you know what? I think if if he hadn't said that to me, I could have written a whole book in that slightly artificial voice and um, it might have got published. It's weird. I think sometimes he... Or would I have discovered as I went along that I... I don't know. I... I needed him to sort of go, almost go, come on, just put yourself out on more of a limb here. Because I think you're slightly more vulnerable when you go, okay, I guess I'll just write. Because you're sort of thinking, me? Write a novel? Like, you know, (laughs) there's something about the word novel, I think, that feels different. Yeah, it feels so heavy. It's like, oh, you'll be writing the great American novel. Yeah, exactly. And sort of, you know, that thing of like, everyone's got a novel in them. You think, well, have I? Can I really put finger to mac and do it (laughs) Uh, so um i think in a strange way doing it in that sort of having the idea that she's going out with a guy with narcissistic personality disorder and having all these more serious elements to it um were a way of me avoiding writing the novel that i should write and then luckily um he is a very good agent i agree that i think some it Sometimes I think it's hard for people to say, actually, this is fine. I have no opinion because agents often do want to, they think they need to have an opinion and sometimes they don't. Mm. But I also wondered when, I mean, in terms of the writing, 
did you find i mean you've been mentioning to some extent there's a point where when you're trying to work out a story i would imagine i've only done it a few times so but that bit where you go these are the number of things that need to happen otherwise it's not a story and everyone will be bored and then you get into the process of writing and go this is too many things <laughs> and so was there a point where you just you you suddenly go oh yeah it actually turns out if i do all the arrows that's a lot of subplots and that um, actually people will be like in one way not that much if you just wanted to say events in the first 50 pages of the book yes. it's not like you could map out loads of things but then also not required events aren't required because something big has happened and we're being set up to that and i just wondered whether you sometimes did have that battle between uh about storytelling um what i i don't ever feel like there were too many events in there i feel like sometimes i was like oh i think i need to put punch make it a bit more punchy here or put in a definite turning point here even if it's not a kind of character change so it was almost the opposite um but i did read two books about how to write novels which was another way of procrastinating i don't <laughs> think i needed to read the second one but i definitely needed to read at least one that's the truth because they really helped me and one is called either take your pants off or take off your pants um and it's american um i think it's take off your pants which sounds slightly <laughs> less dodgy <laughs> um and it's about it's really take off your pants is the best book that i've ever read on writing i think and it's really simple it's just like it gives pocahontas and it gives very sort of general examples of storytelling and it tells you the things that need to happen in a really kind of warm encouraging unpretentious way and um my friend chris neil who we all know recommended it and um at, at times i was like she's making it sound quite easy but actually the process of of writing a story which grips people i think it takes quite a lot of planning and i did i did so i had this treatment and as i say it sounds like I had a two-page treatment and just started writing it and saw what happened. That's not really true. I, in this treatment, there were it was short, but I really ha had ingrained in me the things that needed to happen to the central character. Um, and I had a thing, an idea for each of those points. And even if that changed, it changed to an equivalent thing that was as, um, as important, I suppose, in terms of the story. So... There were lots of different ideas about the ending um, and um, it actually hopefully follows the classic structure of a story, but it's amazing how Pocahontas is the same as Goodfellas in a way, <laughs> if you break it down. But that's the really good it. thing about that book. Um, there's another one called Into the Woods that was very good as well, but it's it goes into, it's, it's slightly more... Um, Oh, I don't know. It goes a bit more into kind of if you're writing a series, what has to happen at the end of every episode and stuff like that. Whereas Take of Your Pants is so simple. It's almost like how to use Microsoft Windows. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's great. And I think that's kind of what you need. If you want to write something and you've got a good imagination, you've got an idea for a central character or a vague idea for a story. I think what you need actually is very blunt um points like a very technical book at least that that was right for me i didn't really need encouragement in a sense i just needed someone to spell it out for me because a lot yeah. of people love stephen king's book on writing yeah which i haven't mentioned. read actually i know i've heard great stuff about that 
And A.L. Kennedy as well did a book, which I think was originally a collection of blog posts that she did, which is on writing. And A.L. Kennedy is another author who, she's, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but really fascinating. When you go and watch her do readings, you don't realise when she stopped just telling you a thing, telling her own story and goes into the book because it's just seamless. And then suddenly you go, oh, oh, right, no, because she's definitely not in Ikea now. She's still on a stage in Larn. So this must mean now we're into the story. But it's an amazing ability to not have that, you know, to, to, again, that that not that artifice that is. I wondered in terms of when you were writing, Jane, that bit where, because of course, any, any author I think is going to go, oh God, is that me? Am I, is is all, are all these reactions what I would be? And did you find yourself when were, were those moments of collision where you would go, well, hang on a minute, I am writing as Jane, I am not Jane, and this is where Izzy now leaves the 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 scene. Um. I feel like rather than that, it was more that there are layers of me in her and layers of a, a, a people I know in her and then layers of probably people I've seen and observed and thought, I wonder why you're doing that thing with your nose or in her. Um, so I feel like it happened on a more subconscious level, but there were definitely moments where I thought she was doing things that I wouldn't do. Like, I think she's kind of more much more indecisive than I am um, and th- then there's an argument which she has with Jonathan really early on Jonathan's her fiance who's cheated on her and that's why she's ended up back in her hometown working in this bookshop and she has this argument on the phone with him in the bookshop doesn't she and I was sort of thinking when I was writing that wow I don't think I could ever do this and that was a really exciting thing because there are definitely elements of me and her i a lot better now but I did used to really worry about my health and do now from time to time and that's how I know and we've all uh, are guilty of this aren't we working too much it's like the first thing so I know when I'm stressed and I'm doing too much it's like my brain's way of going everything's going to go wrong you're doing too much (laughs) or things are going too well but you're doing too much and I'll start to be like I've had a headache for two days why don't you google it and I'm like oh my god oh my god so um it's ants a whole nest of ants I knew because I fell asleep in the garden five days ago and then an ant went inside my brain and there's all eggs in there and then they all come out through my oh man (laughs) I know that's the worst. I really think that's the worst thing about the internet. Um, and o- often with me in the past, it's been moles. So, um, cause I've got a lot of moles. It'd be like that moles changed, has it, has it. And I put that in the books. It's like, I think anything hard from your life, you should definitely put into any art that you create. But even tax like- deductible. Put, well, It's tax yeah, deductible. absolutely. <laughs> All my visits to the mole clinic. <laughs> I remember seeing like a Research. brown mark on my arm once and being like, oh my God, I've got a new mole. And it turned out to be coffee. And it's like, um, I think anything, anything... What does it mean if your arm starts growing coffee? <laughs> exactly. Hang on a minute, I'm really misunderstanding this situation. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, but there were really... So I really enjoyed those bits. I I felt, you know, when she was worrying about her health, um, I, I remember my editor saying to me, just put more of it in, we can always pull it back, but don't be scared to, to put that in, that's what she's like. And I really wanted to show that you can be quite anxious about various things. And, you know, many of us are, especially in the past sort of year or so, it's brought things to the surface. And that you, we're all really complicated and you can be quite anxious about something, but you can also have a really good time at the same time. Or you can be really, I think she's quite funny. I think she's quite witty and quick. Um, but she's also kind of at points um, completely held back by her 
inability to make a decision. And um, I think I got quite frustrated with her at times for leaning on other people so much and kind of not knowing whose advice to take. Where I was thinking, come on, you can do it. And those moments were kind of exciting as well. Because I was thinking, hopefully readers will also go, um, come on, you know, yeah. you can do it. <laughs> That's what you want. You want to feel like, yeah, like that they're real enough that you're having a journey with them. And then they're not just kind of doing things conveniently or kind yeah, of it, that's that's so true i think um i wanted them to all feel like very real people and she's got this fear of hospitals which i don't have at all so i did a bit of research into that and um the link between health anxiety and ocd which is really interesting there's a book called the man who couldn't stop by i think it's by david adam um yeah it's there david adam and um it's brilliant it's about a man who um it's quite a common OCD fixation or obsession is that he has HIV um, and he's a really clever guy. He's a doctor and um, he it's very moving and a very interesting book. So I read that as well and just. Um... Hello, sorry to disturb the conversation. Just to say you are listening to the abridged version of Josie and Robin's book shambles if you'd like to hear the full version then you can support us via Patreon and get all of the other bits of tittle tattle that dropped out of our mouth I wanted to ask because you lent me such a great book that I enjoyed so much the other week um, which was The Last Thing to Burn by Will Dean Will Dean and it was this sort of it's it's a kind of horror book about um a woman who's been trafficked and who's kind of been kept prisoner and I I loved it so much and we were talking about you were saying that you've been mainly reading thrillers yeah and I think that really helped actually with me making the plot for this as tight as possible because as you say Robin it's like in a way not much happens I was thinking about when the first big thing happens in my book and it's actually I think about halfway or even over halfway through but it still followed the structure of um I really wanted it to have no fat on it in terms of like padding or you know I didn't want to have anything in there that wasn't part of the plot and I found that I could only read thrillers when Covid began and I think that really helped me to make quite brutal decisions about um what to cut um and i think the reason i could only read thrillers was because and i really tried to read other books i love reading such a big part of my life someone gave me milkman and um i started it and i could see it was fantastic but i was like my brain just cannot cope Mm. with this it it can't i don't know milkman at all what's that oh it's great but i've had a similar thing (laughs) it's uh anna burns it's um about a woman, you can see how far I got for the same reason that my brain was like, I'm afraid this is not available for us at this time. It's beautiful <laughs> literary fiction. It's, and and it's, it's really incredible. exciting too. Like, it's, it's just, it's like, for me, asking my brain to read that in lockdown was like asking someone who has never run a single step in their lives to do like a 10K. Yeah. It was like, I need to read this in when all this is over and I can really kind of make the most of this amazing language because yeah I just so I found um uh, that I I wanted really simple thrillers and actually at some points really really the simpler the better and there was somewhere it would only be plot really it would just be there'll be no character depth barely any character description um but I would be utterly gripped and then other ones like Will Dean which did have a lot of incredible amount of character depth and 
oh gosh, that world was so finely painted, wasn't it? It was um, an Erin Kelly and um, I'm still reading lots of thrillers now, but I've moved on. I can now read um, other other types of books. But for a while it was um, it was like my only solace. Um, well, I've, I've still got you. You gave me a copy of this when we last did Bookshambles Station Eleven. Oh yeah, which, yeah, which was great. Yeah. That's that's. Do you know what? I don't think I could have even coped with that in proper lockdown because it's too beautiful and emotional. It was almost mm. like I just wanted the man went there. The man was scary. You know. Yes. Yeah. But this is like me when I watch I watch horror films like when I'm exhausted or when I because I sort of don't want to participate emotionally and I don't want to participate on like an aesthetic level or an intellectual yeah. level. I just want to enjoy something and that doesn't do down the films that I'm watching. They're not bad films. They're really good. But it's like a very specific type of emotional commitment I think that is yeah. possible uh, when you're exhausted. I think, I actually think, and I haven't thought this before, what it is is um, when it's when it's um, like a horror film or a very plot-driven book, a thriller, you're not required to hold a mirror up to yourself mm. and you don't wonder about your own psyche or your own relationships or where you are in the world. You don't daydream about the book. You just read the book and you want to get to the next page. I think that maybe what it is is anything that that makes you have to examine yourself in some way or um i don't know imagine how the character's feeling in, in an emotional sense it wasn't it's it's not right you when, don't have that capacity at that no. time yeah 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 and i think for me i think if things make me think too much about the state of the world if this if i'm already thinking too much about the state of the world it's not helpful mm -hmm. i want things that are sort of I was, I was talking to johnny about that about comedy because a lot like i've been writing this new show or writing a show and a lot of it is about kind of the new bills that have been passed by the government and stuff and I keep thinking to myself I'm not sure this is the right thing to write and he's written a show which is similarly about it that kind of thing but actually has songs about like called Cocaine Gran and Monkey Funeral and uh, like lots of really really wild silly bold magical funny things yeah and i feel like that is something that's really necessary at this moment in time is is almost like to be dazzled and be transported or to be kind of thrilled but not necessarily to have to be like let's talk in detail about this you know this is a time yeah. for me and you a monkey, a dead kid, and a shoe. If you remember that fantastic song uh, by Wayne, uh, Shepherd. Wayne Shepherd when he was Colin Watson, who yes. was this fantastic kind of version of uh, a kind of take on Brian Wilson. And it was beautiful to watch because sometimes the audience were quite disturbed by it uh, because that was the great thing about all of those things, like the, you know his his, his parodies uh, mm. have within them with this fantastic nightmare scape as well that he created. Yeah, they yeah. did. They were always. Yeah, they were quite sometimes quite hallucinogenic, weren't they? They were and sometimes sinister and yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. It's gonna be quite interesting to see what happens with stand up in the next and actually output in a lot of the arts. People aren't I, I thought at some point, are people just gonna be writing plays about COVID? Are they gonna be writing are there gonna be lots of flat share sitcoms set in lockdown? And actually I think probably not. Um I haven't heard, you know, I don't want people to be going on and be like, hey guys, remember banana bread? Like, <laughs> is that going to become the thing like, remember white dog poo? Um, I don't think it will. I think people probably want to um, 
not necessarily forget about it, but there's a way of talking about it that isn't so head on, isn't there? Have you seen that we're talking about horror films? Josie, I think you've seen it, and I can't remember the exact title. It's a horror movie which is basically a Zoom meeting. Oh, The is... Host. No, is it called The Host? You're right, because there's yeah. The Host, because there's and Host, and there's The I, Host. I host, maybe it's called Host, because The host is, host is that a South Korean? Oh, man. The Host is this a host, brilliant host, and ghost thing film. is very, very tricky. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. But you've seen it then, have you? I, ha- I haven't seen it, but I've, I, it's been on my list for ages. It's proper good horror movie, isn't it, Josie? Yeah. One of the people involved in it, I think I know someone who's involved in it, maybe who's a producer or something in it, Um, but I was really excited to see his name. I was like, oh, he's involved. Yeah, I love it. Oh, yeah, he wrote it. Jed Shepard, who's a friend of a friend of mine. It was very exciting. I was like, oh, hello. Because it's got that perfect thing where there's a certain point where you go, eh, I don't know if this is going to... Jesus Christ! And that, you know, that transition where just when you think this might be stretching something too thin, at exactly that point you go, right, now I'm just going to be horrified and scared for the next 35 minutes. I can't wait for it to say meeting ends. And it's, um, yeah, it's it's a perfectly made, low, low, no budget horror movie. I I think it's magnificent. I need something to watch tomorrow night for my birthday. It's really good. Are you... It's your birthday tomorrow. But have a Zoom meeting immediately afterwards for your birthday <laughs> as well. Yes. Or watch it on a Zoom meeting with someone. Watch it. We watch it simultaneously. Uh, yeah, that would be. Yeah, you need it with four people. So, yeah, double Zoom it. That's okay. the. Uh, I wanted to quickly ask you you mentioned that your mum is a little bit of an influence on, on Jane's mum. And that was the thing that I wondered, which is your mum has done so many wonderful. And very funny things as well. Because I remember in your stand-up when about her neighbours who were always borrowing the kitchen foil and stuff yeah. like that, and they weren't really actually basting chickens. And uh, and there must be a point where sometimes you go, I have to remember, because your mum is such a, a magnificent full character in her own right, that bit of going, I have to remember that this is Jane's mum and I can't just take everything from... Because she, yeah. she was... I love those letters you used to read. Just beautiful. Thanks. I, I I was quite nervous about Mum reading this book, not only because there are some similarities between her and Mum, uh, sorry, her and Jane's Mum, who I just called Mum, um, <laughs> 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 um, but also because I think when um, she's not kind of straightforward parent in some ways, like um, she doesn't say that she likes everything that I do, like I guess some parents might. Um, and uh, it's good really but I knew that she'd be completely honest about it and um, I don't think she's read my first book because I sort of said don't read it it's got things about dating in it Um, but I really really sort of wanted her to read this book because I thought she'd find it funny and there is a bit of sex in it but I was like don't read the sex bits Um, yeah you wouldn't want her to say god you are so right about when you only put one pillow when you're about to have uh, all (laughs) your sex and then he brings a glass of wine. That is so freaky. You've got that God. perfect hizzy. What, Mum, what are you saying? No, you're right. I'm the three pillow person. Mum, oh, stop telling me now no, about oral sex. <laughs> that would be the biggest nightmare, wouldn't it? Yes, that would. That would be worse. That would be the only thing that would be worse. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I, 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 because I'd said in inter- a few interviews about the book, oh, she is a bit similar. To, and then she was like, oh, I've seen that you've said on a woman's hours, so I'm similar to Jane's mum. Now I've got to read it. And I was like, oh, God, mum, now oh, don't no. um, But luckily, uh, she isn't really that. I think 
there's a thing that mum does and a thing that Jane's mum does. There are two things, really. One is that she sort of fusses a bit and wants to problem solve, which Jane's mum does. Um, and there's a bit where I say, where Jane says of, of her mum that she that her mum isn't very good at like cooking a shepherd's pie when someone's had a breakdown, but she is good at kind of creating drama, then solving it and kind of wanting to get all the credit for having solved it. And mum is a little bit like that. Um, <laughs> um, and also, um, there's one other thing that, that they do, um, which is that mum doesn't like small talk at all. Um, and will just sort of go, oh, that's, that's not a very interesting thing to say. So someone will sort of go, how are you? And she'll go, I don't really answer that question. I, I, I've seen her say that to people. So I don't, I don't answer that question. And then it, it, either they just think that she must have misheard them or something, or they will kind of like play a game and be like, okay, then what's the capital of Portugal? And then she'd be like, that's more like it. And I did sort <laughs> of, I did put that in the book. Um, I did put Jane's mum constantly saying to her things like, say something more specific. Um, and that was a really, really fun to do. I think the great thing like... about writing a novel is you can kind of cherry pick the most idiosyncratic bits of people and put them into characters and it might be a character of a different gender or a different age or you know and often I think people don't recognize themselves and um that's really lucky <laughs> well it's a gift to know eccentric people I think yeah like it's, that's it's, true. it's full on but it's so rare it's like yeah how how good to be like wow this this strange rough gem of a person yeah. is in my life that's so true. The, the thing that mum did recently with people, with people say, how are the girls? She just goes, oh, you know, she hates that kind of, oh, yes, Izzy's living in Crystal Palace now. So someone said, how are the girls? And she just went, yes. <laughs> and then she said, and then they didn't talk to me about anything else. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just love that she lives in like quite, you know, quite a kind of straight laced world of the church organ and the little yes. village and that she's in that world being like well fuck you at the <laughs> same time you know it's really wonderful yeah um the book is out now. Is out. yeah it is out it's out now um i loved it I both heartily so recommend much. it yeah um and uh, I was just going to, the one other thing I'm going to recommend, my favourite thing that I've read this week, I've had quite a scatty week of reading, but if you haven't yet bought this month's Viz, the cartoon strip Dominic Cummings' Dog Shit Puppet Master is an absolute joy. I've read okay. it three times and I've laughed at just seeing Dominic Cummings pretending he's the master of everything while doing a puppet show with pieces of dog shit uh, <laughs> is a delight. That's what I like about Viz. You think, oh, that's interesting. It's like, no, no, this is a literal interpretation of that. There you go. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> I, it's, yeah. it's both a satire. That's the thing, to be brilliantly juvenile. Yeah. And at the same time, utterly incisive. And that's what I keep going... Because I often mention Viz and people go, yeah, well, I used to read it. I go, go back to it, read it now. Yeah. It's still the best thing. I, I, wonder, I, I haven't... I, I used to read it. Um, and then I don't know, just fell out of the habit for no other... There's no other reason. And I will buy it again because I used to find it so funny. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I think you'll find... Th th this month's got... So it's got... Uh, Jack the Hat McVitie Comes Back, A Doctor's Use-Like Story 
but with the uh, with Jack the Hat from the the East End gangster, and uh, it's beautifully rendered the entire thing. And it's got the drunken bakers as usual. Oh, Things fine. don't turn out well with their new cakes. I want oh, to recommend a God. book by I want to recommend a book by Kelly Link that I've been reading, which is called Get in Trouble, and it's short stories from about five years ago, and they're so brilliant. It's kind of magical realism in quite a modern sense so characters can or cannot have superpowers um things relating to sort of teen tiktokers are also relating to like ancient mythology and stuff like that and i really i just every story that i read i find so nourishing that i basically put the book down after one and i'm like oh that was so great can't wait to read another so i really recommend it izzy do you have a recommendation to close the show actually yeah um Luke Kennard, um, and it's called The End of Everything, I think. Let me just... Um, the Answer to Everything. The Answer to Everything by Luke Kennard. Uh, um, and uh, I got sent it, and um, I really, really loved it. It's about... It, it's like, yeah, it's about um, a couple who go and live on this odd, slightly odd community estate that's a bit closed off and... Um, there are these rules that you have to follow and stuff. And um, it's about, I suppose, kind of the breakdown of their relationship. Um, but it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's very funny. And it's quite, it's quite weird, which I love. And it's been just about the only novel that I can read in lockdown that isn't a thriller. So. That's Brilliant. Exciting. Thank you so much, Izzy. Thank and you I, for I'm just going to do one more plug. Steve Aylett who uh, wrote the wonderful novel uh, Lint and much else besides. Has st- he hasn't made stuff for quite well. Also The Heart of the Original, which is an incredible book about creativity. Which is really- He's done a new comic uh, called uh, Hyper Thick, and they are fantastic. He basically takes old images from out-of-copyright comic strips and then writes new speech bubbles, and he's the most incredibly inventive thing with language. So Steve Aylett, Hyper Thick, go and have a look for that if you get a chance. That sounds great. Bye, everyone. Thanks very much to our producer, Trent Burton. Thanks very much to Izzy. As we said, Jane is trying is is really fantastic. And uh, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks very much for listening. Remember, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bookshambles. You can rate and review us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And you can go to cosmicshambles.com dot com slash nine lessons to get tickets for this year's nine lessons and carols for curious people shows which are back on stage live on stage december 10 11 17 and 18 back next week have a great week take care see you soon this podcast is part of the cosmic shambles network josie robbins book shambles was produced by trent burton of trunkman productions